One. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to episode number 141. That is 141 of Wings, Beers, and Tears. We are your one-stop shopping for DMV Sports. But tonight, we're actually going to turn our attention to the college football world because it is the holidays, it is bowl season, and we are right in the middle of it. Dude, I fucking love, there's something really cool about like a Wednesday afternoon, and you look at ESPN, it's like, fuck yeah, quadruple header today. That's I right. I don't even care who's playing. Right <laughs> I now. I don't care what's going on. Right now, Miami and Rutgers are playing maybe one of the worst football games I've Outstanding. ever seen. Outstanding. Oh, yeah. that's great. They that's fight great. every play. <laughs> that's awesome. So that is my partner in crime. That is Jerry. I am Todd. And tonight, we are joined by Mr. Doug. What's going on, Doug? How are hey you? Hey, guys. How you doing? Thanks for having me. You talk about the, uh, the Miami Rutgers, it's like old Big East matchup. I was at Boston College one time. And we were losing to uh, Rutgers, and the uh, we're going even have we're playing at Rutgers. We're leaving at halftime, and their fans are going, "You're losing to Rutgers." <laughs> and then uh, one time we were beating Miami, and every time we play them, I'll just go to Boston College, and we'd always be winning in the first half, and up by a touchdown, and then like the second half, they'd remember what you can throw the ball, and then we'd end up losing like whatever forty-eight fourteen or some <laughs> subscene score. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So. This is my my friend, Big Doug Brzezinski, played uh, at Boston College, as he said. He was an All-American there. Got drafted in 1999. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. No big deal. (laughs) Got drafted by the NFL in 1999, went in the third round to the hated, hated Philadelphia Eagles. Played there for a few years. Uh, signed a big deal contract with Carolina. This is why he's paying us to be on this podcast. Outstanding. And played there for one year, Doug, was it? Uh, I played there for two years. Two years? Yep. It would have been a big deal if I wouldn't have moved to the DMV. You know, when I mo- he moved here, we looked at how much houses cost, and I thought the guy had a typo because a house that was in Charlotte would have been sixty grand. In Charlotte, you know, and then I was like, all right, it's expensive. Uh, and then it looked here, it came here as a million dollars. Yeah. And I thought the guy had a typo. Right, and I said, "Like, so I'm not trying to be a dick, thinking I want to help this guy out. That maybe he's first first time showing a house." Um, <laughs> Sir, so let me show you how zeros work. Right, yeah, that's what I said. I said, "I want the guy." I'm like, listen, I'm, I thought he had a typo. I'm like, "Listen, man, I'm not trying to be a jerk." Took him aside. Uh, I you have one too many zeros. I'm. He's got a typo. Obviously, just want to let you know, so people just don't walk out. And he looked at me like a pauper, and he's like, "Sir, people will buy this house and tear it down to build another house on top of it." And I felt like George Jefferson from Sanford and Son, <laughs> where I was like, what do people do here? What do, what do you do? So what do you guys all do here? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. I'm still trying to figure it out. Apparently, it's like you either move into your parents' house or uh, you work for your dad's company. It's uh, it's brutal. Yeah. It's a, it's a yeah. brutal area. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's such good. a cool it's a cool area. It's very transient. Um, right. You got you got, you know, the big bad D.C. right down the road and you got Baltimore that's, a you know, right on the other side of the beltway. So yeah. I mean, it, it is very cool. But you're right, man. I mean, home values are out of control. Oh, yeah. And you get you used know? to it. It's like well, there's a lot of things I like about it. Like it helps, especially like kind of coaching a good counsel with Jerry and stuff sure. like that. When I first got here, all I did was work. Mm-hmm. And you don't really have any friends, and it's kind of hard to crack in. You meet a lot of people who have, like, especially like the Rockville, Bethesda down there. I'm like, I've yep. never seen so many preppies condensed in one area. <laughs> right. I'm like, who are these people? You decided to wear that today. <laughs> and um, and he just did. I didn't fit in. You know, I've got, like, tattoos and all this stuff. And then things I think are hilarious and funny, they look at me like, what are you talking about? Like, it's <laughs> not that funny. <laughs> Stranger danger. <laughs> exactly. Right, right. Exactly. But then now it's like, I like it. You know, because there's so, like you're saying, it's so... Uh, there's just a lot of stuff going on, but it's just you get a little bit of everything. You, you know do. I, mean? I love the variety. I love yeah. the variety. Yeah. Uh, it's great. It's great. Well, hey, getting back to DMV real quick. We may or may not get to the Caps today. 
Tough. Took one on the chin last night. <laughs> we, knew, we predicted we, we, that. They we saw that coming. Yeah. Absolutely. It was payback from the Rangers because we boat raced them a couple weeks ago. Um, so, you know, we, we may get into the caps just a little bit. Um, probably not going to talk Terps hoops, but they did have a big win last week. UCLA is down bad, but Maryland went out there to the West Coast and beat them. So yeah. that was a revenge game from last year. Yeah, not not pretty basketball. I'm going to be honest. No, I'm, no, I'm very I mean, concerned when, about when this one, team. When one team, when one player scores half of your points or more, it's yeah, never, never so, a good sign. Um, but we will table those probably for next week. And like I was saying, this week's all about the college football bowl season, man. So let's start it off with the big dogs. So New Year's Day is Monday, and I love how they're doing this. You got the doubleheader New Year's night. So you've got the captive audience. No NFL to worry about this week because um, uh, they're not doing Monday Night Football on New Year's Day. Right. So you've got the, the, the first matchup that we hinted at a little bit last week is Michigan-Alabama. And then the second one is uh, probably a better game on paper, wouldn't you say? Don't you think that Texas-Washington game is going to be a more competitive game? I don't or? think so. I think both games are going to be good. Really? Yeah. I, I hope you're right, man. I, I'm waiting to be like – captivated by just good 35-31 games where it's down to the wire and you're just seeing the cream of the crop play like it. Because I must say, one of the downsides to all of this portal you know, business, um, kids opting out for the NFL, whatever else, you get a, a bunch of decent mid-range bowl games and none of the studs are playing. No. And, and it's kind of hard to watch. So let's start with your WVU real quick. Yesterday, they took care of Carolina – North Carolina, pretty easily, 30 to 10. Yeah. You know, it really wasn't even that close. But you had said it. You're like, Carolina's missing a bunch of dudes. Yeah, they weren't playing anybody you know? of note. No, um, I mean, in, in West Virginia had some of their players opt out, but n- certainly nothing like North Carolina. Right, not, not with the impact that Carolina had. And there was like 42,000 people there. And I'd say That's 30, a hell of a, of, of a yeah. turnout, Jerry. And I'd say 35,000 were WVU fans. I, what I tell you last week. Yeah. And you were like, we don't travel like we used to. I get it. It's the Duke's Mayo Bowl. It's not the Gator Bowl, and you're ten and one. But WVU still travels really well, and yeah, and Morgantown to, to to Charlotte is not a bad not a bad trip. They had a good showing, but um, yeah, I mean it, that that game could have easily been forty to nothing. And yeah. there were some turnovers and some penalties and some lack of red zone ex- execution. But I never really felt like North Carolina was going to win the game. Right. Um, it was just. You know, well, so, without Drake May, they're, I mean, they're and they're, and fourteen other guys, fourteen, fourteen, that, that, like that's the number I heard. I didn't, yeah. you know. I mean, but if you, look, I mean, Drake May would have thrown for five hundred yards. Sure, you, you know. sure. Um, I don't know if they would have won, but it would have been close. Right, right. But well, hey, congrats to your guys. Uh, been a long time coming. Been a, a couple of years without a bowl game, so it was nice to nice to get back uh, to one. Now everybody's talking shit. Have great <laughs> Neil fucking brownies drives me crazy. But, uh, you guys can't have nice things in Morgantown, Doug, dude. Doug will tell you. We got a kid, uh, Kyle. Yep. Uh, Kyle Altooner's going up there, and uh-huh. every, every, we're real excited about him. He's a good – I mean, Doug knows more about that than I do right on. on offensive line. But he's a kind of a – not a plug-and-play because you never say – I mean, Doug, you, when you were a freshman, were you ready to play in the Big East? Uh, not not mentally. So they offered me to play, but they already had a pretty established O-line. So, like, BC always had a lot of good O-linemen. They do. And yeah. so uh, the guy asked me if I wanted a red shirt or not. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, came from a place where uh, my high school, we finished up ninth in the country my junior year, but we were we threw the ball nine times. Ah. You know, that's all we did. And Got it. Get to, it was like I, I would ask if it's a run play or a pass play. <laughs> and then even the pass play, didn't that make much, it didn't make much of a difference because I wouldn't just go down the field. You know, running, <laughs> right, running. Right. <laughs> but, um, but I think coming in mentally, and I think it's different. It's very different now. You know what I mean? What a lot of stuff they do at like, the high school level, especially like around here, there's not much of a difference between that and college. You know, there's more schematically maybe. But it's still pretty like the, the, they're all well coached and 
you know, the schemes or anything they see are not, it's not really that big of a difference. It's just going to be more right. of it. Interesting. So, well, I think, I think he, I mean, I certainly don't think he'll redshirt, but I, I think that, you know, what, what I see for Kyle in uh, any sort of freshman, you don't want to put him at center because making all those calls and, and all that. But if you could put him at guard, he might be your first like so, interior. I, I think if you're going to, if anybody's going to do it, I think it'd be him. Yeah. Because you know, he know he's one of those guys. So he has, maybe he, he's not like he doesn't, he's not super tall like a lot of these guys are like, but he has all of those things that make it like the guy that's the sneaky guy that's always going to be there. So right. you'll see the guys in the NFL who are, you know, like you'll, all these kids worry about five star recruits and this and that. Yeah. And I'm like, the trash heap of history is littered with five-star recruits. You know, I always call it like the, the curse of talent because those guys are always super talented, but they never run into that point of like, you know, say if something doesn't work out, like, well, it can't be me. It's got to right. be the situation. It can't be me. Whereas if you're a three-star, you already got a chip on your shoulder because he's like, what, six, three and a half versus six, four um, or six, five. And he's like right on the tweener. But so that means you have to work hard. So you're used to working hard. The guys who are always successful know how to work hard, know how to adapt and are that's smart. A, that's a really good point. Now, obviously, your viewpoint is uh, <laughs> way more hands on than Jerry and mine when it comes to. Uh, I was a Division three academic <laughs> All-American, bro. <laughs> Me. Um, you know, amazing. But, no, you're you're so right. And and to further that point about the five star guys, I mean, everybody salivates over them, and there's only a handful of them nationwide, right? Yeah. And everybody, I mean, it's just this bidding war, basically. Well, now you got the transfer portal, so it's like, why are you throwing all your recruiting eggs into these five star baskets when right. it's still a crapshoot whether you're going to get them? But are they are they even going to be there in another year? Well, a lot know? of it too is I, I just think a lot of it like I have a different perspective now, kind of. You know, coaching high school kids and then having kids myself and seeing, and especially like, like another rant, I go on DMV and new sports. But, uh, <laughs> like, uh, you know, everybody, they, they talk about, like, when, when these kids are five stars, sure, they're talented, they do all this stuff. But the thing is, is like all the old Vince Lombardi quotes are truer than ever. Like, perseverance, yep. work hard. Like, and that's why I think in the world of the portal, everybody talks about this, this new world we're living in where there's sure there's different aspects, but the old truism still hold true. The guys like Luke Keekley was a two star coming out of high school. Yep. Jared Allen didn't get it. What didn't get had one D one offer. Jason Kelsey didn't get any. Yep. And that's the thing is like Hank Fraley, pride of Gaithersburg, went to Robert Morris and, you know, yep. was on the verge of getting cut at the, was at the practice squad, of the Steelers practice squad of the Eagles. Couple guys got hurt, and Hank really ends up playing ten years, you know, or plus. Whereas crazy, Dan right? Copen, who was the center for Tom Brady for a couple of his Super Bowls, and was the center for Peyton Manning, his first year in Denver. Uh, I remember he was in; he's a couple years younger than me. But the BC guy went to Patriots training camp. They were about to cut him. He was a good, but you know, not nothing crazy. Um, then uh, their guy, Mike Compton, who was the right guard, Damian Woody was the center. Damian Woody couldn't shock and snap to save his life, and it shows how good of a athlete he was in center whereas the Patriots traded up to take a center that couldn't shotgun snap hmm. so he ended up playing tackle on a bunch of stuff but anyway so one time a Compton got hurt so they couldn't have a guy that could shotgun snap so they put in Copen who's about to get cut at center there goes Copen you know went there played for forever that's, that's Wally Pip moment right, right? and yep. that's and that's one yep. of those things it's like you have to you have to work hard to get lucky. If you don't work hard, you won't get lucky. And there's the thing is, there's well said. talent is everywhere. Like that's the thing is, like you get up there, everybody's talented. Don't get me wrong. There's guys up there who are like mutants. Like I would call them like they're just do things differently. Brian Dawkins would eat like McDonald's every day, mm -hmm. but still worked hard. You know, still had abs. <laughs> Julius Peppers over his second year decided to start working out and not eating Cheetos. And became he was like watching Spider Man play. So there's those type of mutants out there. Peppers was a freak, dude. Oh yeah, God. but but most of the guys were like the guys that you don't. That maybe everybody doesn't know their name, but they just happen to play 12 years. Are the guys like Kyle? 
Right. They're smart. They work hard. They know how to adapt. They're dependable. You know, there's a lot to be said for that sort of thing. Yeah. Right. So I, could, I mean, I could definitely see him starting as a true freshman. I mean, Jerry's a lawyer, so I might have to defer to his you know, expertise. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but just saying. I don't think so. I don't think that has anything to do with it. But I think if anybody could do it, he, he understands. He knows how to do a lot of different things. I don't think he'll be, you know, I, I think he's going to be a good good player. You know. Ah, that's awesome. Well, there's another good council kid that because uh, I'm a I'm a Terp fan. Um, so Judah Jenkins, right? Yeah, you know, signed with Maryland, and he he gave me the little rundown on Judah, and he said he's just great kid, good athlete, smart, right. keeps to himself. Yeah, outside of the lines, uh, if it's not an O line or D lineman, I they kind of it's like he's like he's just a player. Know. Gotcha, yeah, yeah. gotcha. <laughs> just, I know yeah. who I know who he is, but I'm not like I'm like yeah, he's a nice guy, but I, yeah, I couldn't tell you anything. Well, he's <laughs> just one of those guys that. Um, Solid. You put him. I mean, he can cover anybody on the field, mm-hmm. right? And you don't hear his name a lot because then you realize they don't throw to his side a lot. Um, and then I can, re- like I said, less than five times all year where the guy on him caught the ball, and I was like, "Damn, that was Judas' guy." Mm-hmm. You know. So he originally was going to Indiana. Yep. And I think the I don't know this for certain, but they got that coach from JMU. Yes. And they he they told Judah that. Uh, we're going to look at the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. And Judah was like, all right, that's gotcha. not for me. So he decommitted and then went to Maryland. Okay. Right so it on. worked out for him. I feel if Maryland and Boston College would merge, you'd have a good football team. <laughs> I feel like Maryland is, uh, has, like, the speed, but I feel like it doesn't have, like, the like the physicality, so to speak. Yeah. And then you'll, and nothing against anybody on the line there. But I, we used to call guys like that, like buggy whip noodle arm guys. The guys whose arms look like those buggy whips you see mm-hmm. in a horse car, mm-hmm. you know. But they're big dudes. And don't be wrong, like, to be a D1 lineman, you're phenomenal. But like BC, on the other hand, like they have linemen and linebackers. And if it was like 1920 and nobody threw the ball, it'd <laughs> right. be awesome. Right. But, First one in yeah. the V, right. wing tee. Except, except well, for that's, the irony of the guy who's at Boston well, College who was one of the best receivers. Uh, right. Yeah. That's definitely I, something I mean, that Maryland has great. done since moving to the Big Ten is they have they have definitely tailored their recruiting and portal strategy more on the line of scrimmage. You know, And they now have O-linemen going into the draft every year as opposed to your DJ Moore's, your Stephon Diggs. Right. You know? yeah, so they're, w- they're starting to turn the corner. With that said, though, they all the, against the big three. Yep. You know, Penn State they always manhandles them in the trenches. You know, Michigan, Ohio State, they manhandle everybody in the trenches. You made a really good point. You were like, basically, if you look at Michigan, Ohio State, and you look at their two deep on the offensive and defensive lines, you're you're riddled with four and five star guys. But more importantly, they're all pros. Like they're their two good. deep guys are they're freshmen and sophomores, and they are going to be the pros in two or three years. Yeah, I mean it is just a gluttony of riches that these that these it's, you know. Good way. So like I'm from Michigan, mm-hmm. and that's the only school I wanted to go to. Okay, went to their camp a bunch. One like awards at the camps. The only school I did not get a sniff from. Not <laughs> even like whatever the guy who this guy John Jansen who played for the Redskins. For Absolutely. A while, for oh yeah, he played outside linebacker in our high school all star game I played with, and he set the state record for tackles for in the as a defensive player in this high school all-star game so that's the type of dudes they get they get like yetis mm-hmm. like giant six foot seven guys that look like if you ever seen that old bigfoot video <laughs> bigfoot walking across the thing that's what those guys are like <laughs> big long loping right yetis it's that's the best right. way to describe it and i think that's what west virginia was always targeting the the length in the frame mm-hmm. and i was always like yeah but that kid can't play you see him at camp he can barely move Right. I know he's strong, but I guess they figure they can work him into it. Sure, um, sure. Well, that's that's a good start to a good transition, I think, because that's why I think Michigan is going to beat Alabama. All right, yep. So let's get to it real quick. Right. 
we just you know said that the the four big dogs play Monday night. <clears throat> that Michigan Alabama game, I'm really the. I don't know whether the hype is getting to me or not, but when that matchup came out, I didn't think there was a chance Alabama was going to hang. It, it's Alabama. I get it. Right. They're they're all fucking great. I I totally get it. But Michigan's just big, bad, nasty, and they're just so good in the trenches. And they don't care if it's an ugly 13-10 game. They're used to that shit. And they'll embrace it, whereas I think Alabama's going to get frustrated if it's that yeah. type of game. I mean, as we get closer, though, the Vegas line's coming down a little bit. What's, well, they, <sighs> yeah, it's, it's two. Um, I'm, just, I, I'm feeling like, I, I don't know, man. There's something about Saban. There's something about that Alabama pedigree. And let's face it, dude, Jim Harbaugh hasn't had – a, a big signature win under his belt up until the last couple of years, beating Ohio State now a couple of years in a row. Well, the 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 Milrow kid is playing a lot better than he did at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. right? So yep. uh, you got to factor that in when you're talking big. about well, Texas beat them in Alabama. That's hundred percent right. He's a little bit different. Yep, not to take away from it, but when I think of Michigan, I think of um, you know heavy personnel, mm-hmm. five good linemen, a good H back, tight end, fullback. You know, guy. Well, they're they're tight end. Right. That guy's a that guy's I mean, a monster. I mean, he can he can block absolutely. Um, and Corum is Blake Corum is like twenty eight years old. Yep. Right. And well, he, he's a man, dude. He's just. <laughs> but they're just a machine. They they're are. methodical. They're going to get you. You know, they're they're rarely ever going to be behind the chains. So it'll be like third and one. You know, or, or they'll get six or seven yards every pop. And then McCarthy will do enough to keep the you know keep defenses honest. And they just don't seem to panic. They don't make mistakes. And, you know, while the first quarter may be close, the second they start to take a lead in the second quarter, and then by the third quarter they're wearing you down. Yep. Um, their defense is strong. Their defense, they get that defensive end, uh, defensive tackle from good counsel, Chris Jenkins. Um, and I think he's their captain. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they can, he can, he's, they're physical. Oh, big time. Um, and so I just think they're going to make less mistakes. They're more machine like. They're not going to have a lot of penalties, and they're going to make. They're not going to fumble the ball. Right. Um, they're not going to throw interceptions. Now, I would think that though, if Alabama can get up on them mm-hmm. and make JJ McCarthy have to throw to win, that's your formula to beat Michigan. Hundred percent. You know. Yeah, I think it'll be hard to see because I think, like you guys are saying, Alabama's a totally different team now than they were at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And it's a shame that they're playing now because I feel like this is the national championship game. Where hmm. I think. Although I, I do like Washington, um, but you know, like Michigan, you know they they're um, they're not afraid of lights, but Alabama's certainly not afraid of lights either. And no. if anybody can no. give them a run, it's going to be Alabama because they it's not like they lack depth at lines. I'm I'm with yeah. you, Doug. I'm I'm yeah. more excited to see the first game than the second game. I, I think both games are going to be too. good. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, but I'm more excited to see uh, that. I mean, do yeah, you, just the pedigree, the, the, the storied history of both programs, top notch coaching staffs, pros on both sides of the ball. Like you said, the bright lights, that's not going to get to either one of these teams, man. They're, you know, make <clears> no bright mis- lights could get to Washington. Make no you know? mistake, I am cheering for Alabama. Yeah. Because I cannot stand Harbaugh. Oh, I just oh come on. Like, Harbaugh, why don't you like, why don't you like Harbaugh? Because he's a cheating asshole. Oh, please. And he's, <laughs> it's, he's like, he's, they take a, when they break, when they break the rules, they get pissed when they get caught out of breaking the rules. And it's like, it's us against everybody. Like, All right, so you like Harbaugh. 
I love Harbaugh. Okay, all right. Give me. He's a Michigan guy. Give me a reason why. All right, change my mind because then I'll give you why I hate Harbaugh. Okay. So, so, so the thing here's the thing about Harbaugh (laughs) is I feel like he's like flipped the convention on his head. He's not what everybody likes to hear, likes to see. Kind of speaks frankly. Um, And the thing about him too is a story I heard about him is everybody talks about he's competitive, but he's not. It's like. I played for his brother, who was at Baltimore now when I was in, mm-hmm. uh, in Philly. Okay. But remember when they used to do those like quarterback challenges mm-hmm. and stuff like that? Yeah. And so I was talking with some guys who were in that with Harbaugh. And everybody kind of would go out there, have some drinks, go out and do the thing hungover. Harbaugh had him set up the thing a day early. And spat at his ankles, went out, and just got after it. And I remember after he got – and being from Michigan, I remember he played for the Bears. He was just kind of like a like work hard, steadfast sort of guy. Yeah. And then when I hear him talk, I like I just like what he says. And that's the thing is like being from Michigan, I like that. If I just ran into Michigan, the Michigan fans I meet around here can't stand, you know, because it's like it told me it's a great school. Everybody here kind of is like, oh, Michigan, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, they're not. It's not the Michigan I remember. The Michigan I remember is Bo Schembechler. Yeah. Blue collar, like roll your shirt sleeves, you know, you know roll your collars up, whatever you want to say. But uh, I just think Harbaugh and I, and I think the thing is, is he's done it his his way. You know what I mean? If you think about, um, and I, I do think there's something to say. If you, every college out there does not have screens, it has screens behind their signal callers for a reason. I think everybody tries to steal everybody else's signs. I don't think like Harbaugh is involved in this deep Machiavellian scheme to get signs because that guy wrote this giant manifesto. He, what was he, a naval intelligence officer coming out of Annapolis? Yes, he was. And I think when you kind of get involved in this coaching world, which is kind of similar to um, – you know, like high school recruiting stuff. Like the the world has changed now. It's not just about mm-hmm. are you a good coach? Do you know stuff? You have to try to do something to make yourself stand out. Just like a, it's like LinkedIn. You know, what I mean, I don't know what half the people do for their jobs on LinkedIn, and it's like that in the football world. So you're trying to create some sort of name for yourself. So I think this guy came in and tried to create a, something to to bring value. And I think there's a lot of things that happen underneath these guys' watches that you know they say the coach is supposed to be responsible for everything. Like the was it Fitzgerald who got fired at Northwestern feel for him like you know that was a disaster I feel so bad for that guy so I think but that's the thing is I think people don't like Harbaugh because Harbaugh you look at him he kind of is like can be abrasive but he's the type of dude that like kind of says it frankly and says it how it is and if he starts winning national championships there's going to be a different story think about if Saban didn't have the national championships it'd be like he's always complaining like you know if we don't get into the playoffs it's going to be a travesty you know I mean all these different things that because he's won like winning is a great, the great panacea. Right. If he wasn't, if he didn't win, he'd be just kind of like a pain in the ass sort of guy. Yeah. But now that he's winning, he's a, he's a genius, and that's the thing. Harbaugh goes and he wins these national championships. He's a genius. Well, this is a big stepping stone for him. Yeah, it, oh, right. I mean, he he beats Ohio State, is. but then he goes and loses to TCU. Yep. Right. You can't yep. lose to TCU. No, this is this is. Uh, this is his moment. I mean, he's got yeah. he's got to get it done because you're right. I mean, winning trumps everything. Yeah, and it, especially we're talking about fine fine margins here at the top. Right at the top of the table. Right? right. These coaches can go out recruit and they can win ten or eleven games every fucking year, and that's right. amazing. Yeah. But can you win the big one? And right. we'll see. So here's my only beef with Harbaugh, uh, going back to when he started at Michigan. Um, he his first couple press conferences, brilliant guy, said everything right, sounded the part. He's like, we're gonna you know. We're going to groom these young men to, to go into the world, whether it's football, it's whatever else. I'm like, oh, this guy's great. He's great. First time they came to Maryland, I watched him on the sidelines. It might be the biggest fucking crybaby I've ever seen on the sidelines. Every goddamn call was like, I mean, throwing his clipboard and like throwing his headset. He would run over and just point at the, at the, at the side judge. And I'm th- sitting there going, 
like, dude, you're a three touchdown favorite. You're going to just destroy us. Like, enough already, you know? Right. Not every injustice is pass interference. Right. Not every play in the in the trenches is holding. Not, right. I was like, and then he'd get back up there, and he's like, yep. Like I told the men, we come out here, get the work done, go. And I was like, dude, you were a petulant little five-year-old on the sidelines for the yeah. whole fucking game, you I, know? And that that's what got under my skin. Yeah. I mean, I, I think part of that, too, is like the – Different coaches operate games different ways because I think that sometimes, like, you know, you have the coach who's the nice guy. He's not going to get the calls. Mm -hmm. Or if the coaches are always in the ear of whoever, it kind of goes your way. And I think that's the thing, too, is it doesn't really matter who you're playing or what the score is. Like, you're either on or you're off. And those are the guys who are successful. They don't have a halfway switch. True. You know what I mean? So it's something where, you know, it's just what you do. Because if you kind of go and try to measure your intensity, so to speak, you're going to get steamrolled. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really matter who you're playing or what's going on. Right. Right. Well, from my point of view, he was suspended for like five games this year, right? Self-imposed too. Right. (laughs) And he was, uh, and he was ready to challenge and file a lawsuit. He was uh, this last one until the NCAA came and said we have this evidence. Now nobody said what the evidence was, and then they withdrew withdrew their appeal, Mm -hmm. which told me that it was going to be something that was terrible. Maybe it wasn't the NCAA. Maybe it was the Big Ten. Yeah, I think it was the Big Ten. This is what we have, right? Um, And I, I thought that was a pretty shrewd suspension because some people were asking for, like, you know, forfeits. Right. Um, and they sort of took the middle ground of – now, they did it, – it wasn't meaningless because it's not like they suspended them against, like, West Virginia. They suspended them for Ohio State. Yeah. So oh. there was a legit – that was a legit – I'm with you. Punishment. And, and uh, uh, I think Moore was that the coach that stepped in, the D coordinator that stepped yeah. in. He did, he did a really good job. Um, but there, there were some nervy moments in there because it, yeah. it is a difference when you don't have that guy that is your leader. Well, they you know? just, the, the rumor is, and I don't know if this has been confirmed, that they just offered Harbaugh like a 10-year 10, 10 deal of $175 million or something. I'm speculating with those numbers, yeah. but something in that, but like some outrageous contract. Yeah, they're doing so their damnedest obvi- to hold on to him because the rumor mill in the NFL is, is hot and heavy, and I'm hearing that 20 to $25 mil per year. But yeah, that's so, the thing. Just remember when Harbaugh kind of had a rough streak, and they had him take a pay cut and do all yes. this different stuff. Yes, and that's something like Harbaugh doesn't need the money. Right. Like he's not a guy who is like needs the money. And when they offered him more money, um, did I, I believe that he said like I forgot how he set up, but he kind of gave them like a mini fu to it, like pay my pay my assistants more. Pay I don't need your money. Right. You know, right. That's that's why I kind of like him because yeah, that's a pretty cool gesture. You know, and he's a he just he just marches to his own drum. Oh, he yeah. totally does. So yeah, uh, absolutely. And he, now, with all that being said, is I bash him and I and I call him an asshole all the time. If my kid was like, "Hey, Dad, I'm going to go play for Harbaugh, Michigan," like, fuck yeah, let's go. Right. Oh yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, half of my half of my Polish logic isn't logical. <laughs> you know I mean? That's like I, I have very strongly held beliefs and opinions that are not founded in fact. At all. <laughs> hey, listen, I don't read. Right? That's what Bill Burr always said. So let me ask you this, Doug. I mean, you played in the pros. Um, I mean, Harbaugh has the reputation of being a heavy-handed culture guy, um, you know, his way or the highway. Um, and it seem, if that's true, it seems to have worked at Michigan, right? How would that trans? I mean, I know he already was at San Francisco and had some success, but how would that yeah. transfer in the NFL? I, I think I think the San Francisco part speaks for itself. Yeah, you know, I think. Um, because that's the thing is like culture wins. You know, like Andy Andy Reid was a great coach because he had a great culture. He told you what was expected of you, gave you the tools to do it, and gave you the space to do it the way that you do it. You know, within certain parameters. But he wasn't like, 
you know, on top of you every day, brush your teeth in a semicircular motion. You know, he was like, here's a job, get it done. He trusted, like any good leader, he trusted the people that he hired to do their jobs, to do mm -hmm. their job. And I like an interesting thought experiment I always have is what would Colin Kaepernick's story of Harbaugh would have stayed? Hmm. At that time, you have Russell Wilson and Colin Kaepernick kind of in similar ascension. And I feel that when then Pete Carroll stayed, developed him, Russell Wilson got better, got better. Mm -hmm. Colin Kaepernick, um, when they was it Chip Kelly right away or was it a different guy after? He was Chip Kelly right so away. They basically came in and were like, "All right, now go win football games for us." Now I thought Chip Kelly would have been a good hire, but I don't think his culture has been. I think he's more of the guy who's like very like too much detail oriented. Yeah, yeah. He wanted you know? he wanted to drop the play after he dropped the play, and then he wanted to dissect it with you, right. and then you know, and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, yeah. And I think that somebody like uh, Kaepernick, I, I would have been. I just always think what what would have been the story of him if Harbaugh would have stayed? Because at the time, I thought Kaepernick, I was a huge fan, awesome player. I thought he did phenomenal, like made throws that people should make. I mean, that Super Bowl, that, that was a great Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, I, I, that it was, was literally lights out. Yeah, lights literally, out. literally. Yeah. Yep. Um, I. Uh, I always thought, though, that it was kind of like the RG3 phenomenon. Like, you know, you can do that, use that skill set. And maybe I'm wrong, but you can use that skill set until until you, <laughs> until you defensive coordinators get that film. And they get enough film, then they can start seeing what you can't do very well. And then they can scheme. But I think RG3 down. was still like singularly dimensional. You know what I mean? Kind he of definitely a, was. And he yeah. was kind of a glass cannon. You know, I think in yeah. some, too, if they would have used him a little bit differently, I think he could have had a better – you know, better career. You know, it's kind of like you know Washington's having a rough go, but kind of the, you know, and with RG three it was a little bit it was a little bit rough. But I feel with Kaepernick, he they just did so many different things. Mm. You know, and it wasn't just like he would run around and chuck like they. It's like with Harbaugh stuff, but it was. I always felt that like if you look at Harbaugh and Chip Kelly, they were two flip sides of the same coin. Whereas Chip Kelly created gaps by spreading everybody out and spreading everything. Whereas Harbaugh created more gaps by bringing in more guys and making you cover more gaps by bringing it tighter. Yep. And I liked how they did this stuff. And I think in the NFL, it offered him, he, he had access to a little bit more explosive guys. It's not like he doesn't have explosive guys in Michigan, but he just doesn't need to use it how sure. he did the pros. Right. Sure. It's interesting you bring up explosive guys in Michigan. As, as the year has gone on, obviously Alabama is not the same team right now that they were in late September, early October, right? They've gotten better and – They've got blue chippers up and down the board. There's no question about it. I think Michigan's gotten better with their skill guys because a lot of those guys are young. We talked yeah. about Blake Corum. We talked about McCarthy. We talked about the tight end, you know, D linemen, linebackers, all, all those guys that are going pro. Their most explosive offensive weapon is a freshman wide receiver who's playing more and more now, and they're getting him in space. And that's almost like a little toy that you give to a guy like Harbaugh where he's like, right. shit, yeah, we're going we're gonna to line up and we're going to hit him right in the mouth. But now, you know what? As we're going – as we're going horizontal here, this homeboy over here is going to go vertical, yeah. and you're not going to see it coming. You yeah. know, and 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 th that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out too. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you start punching Alabama in the mouth, and they have to bring their safeties up, then you're going to hit someone deep. Boom! Exactly. So I, I just think the recipe to beat <clears throat> Michigan is to get ahead of them. I think you're right, uh, and stay at you know you got to keep you, your offense has to score regularly, um, and I'm just not sure even even as good as as Alabama is. Uh, and the quarterback has improved. He's got 23 touchdowns and six interceptions. That's pretty crazy. It is. Um, even with all of that, um, I still think uh, it's. I just. I just don't see him having enough discipline and uh, playing mistake-free football. Who's right? that? Bama. Bama. So, as a prediction for that game, I'm going to go. I'm going to go 28-20, Michigan. 28-20 Michigan. Well, that's not a bad. That's not a bad guess. It might be a little low scoring. Yeah, 
But because the over under on the games, what? It's in the fifties, right? Uh, Fifty five, something like that. Yeah. See, I'm I'm gonna go the under, and I, I'd go Michigan. I think Michigan wins a tight game, but they're just they're they're the seasoned veteran team. I feel like, even though the Bama coaching staff has all the trophies, I just think Michigan outclasses them this year. I'm gonna go Michigan uh, twenty one thirteen. Who did who did Michigan play when they won their last national championship? Shit, that was a long time ago, wasn't it? Was it was it Alabama? Maybe it may be, which is why this this Rose Bowl is getting so much hype because yeah. it's it's bringing the nostalgia back and everything to think else. It was I think I think it's definitely going to be the under. I'm not good with math, so I'm not going to whip out the. <laughs> score. But I think it's going to be like less than five points separating the separating the score. So you think it's going to be a, a good yeah. nail biter? Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of a lot of Michigan games you'll see too that look close are are they kind of have it in hand. Yeah, you know what I mean. There's just some like extra touchdowns at the end, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I, I, hope, I mean, I hope I hope they win. It's one of those things. It's hard. To, it's hard to tell, you know. Uh, when I was in Philly, like the the guys who work in the parking garage where I live, they always ask me about games. Who do you think is going to win? I'm like, I have no clue. I have no <laughs> clue. You know who's what's going. On. They didn't ask me about the spread and whatever. I'm like, I mean, that's illegal. Can't do any of that. Yep. Stuff. But I, who know, who knows? You know. Sure. And I think it's. I'll let you know on Tuesday. You know, <laughs> yeah. Tuesday. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's the beauty of laying this down and actually recording it and, and putting it out there is, you know, we can be completely dead wrong and be like, hey, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> and then uh, somebody listens back. They're like, hey, assholes. Yeah, you did. I'm like, oh, damn it. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, all right. Let's go to the right. second game. This game's interesting, man. This I'm, game's interesting. Of, of the four teams, I am the least sold on Texas. Yeah, I agree. Probably I agree with that. because the historically... They are they, teams like them and Notre Dame always start out with high rankings because they're of who they are, and then they all they traditionally always falter. Mm-hmm. Now they haven't faltered, uh, but they haven't, um, and and they pay their quarterbacks their two quarterbacks like five million dollars a year. <laughs> it's insane how much they pay Ours and uh, and the Manning kid. Yep, um, is that Arch? Yeah, yeah, I just think I think Washington's more battle tested. Mm-hmm. Um, they've played a better schedule. Well, I think Penix is the best player on the field in yeah. terms of making I think a he difference. Is too. And he's, you know? a, he's a tough kid. He is a tough kid. Um, I like the I like the the Washington coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've beat Oregon twice. Oregon's good. I, I'm with you, man. Um, you know, they 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 obviously USC was a little bit fraudulent, but some you think? Guys, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they won the Holiday Bowl, right? Or am I wrong? I just saw that kid <laughs> through six touchdown passes. Oh I'm yeah, like, the backup. Yeah. I'm like, is Caleb Williams that good? I mean, if, if this kid's throwing six touchdowns. There's a lot of red flags well, for Caleb, and Caleb Williams. And I think Caleb Williams is awesome. Not to get off the whole Washington thing, but I think if you look at the quarterbacks that have come out of those systems, you got Kyler Murray, things like that, where, you know, yeah, I just think that they're Lincoln. What is his name? Lincoln Riley? Lincoln, Lincoln Riley, Riley, yeah. Lincoln yeah. Riley. I think he's just an awesome offensive guy. He is. You know, but with, with Washington, I think they won the Joe Moore Award for the best O line in the country, and their O line is. Always awesome. Like a, a a guy I know who I played with, this guy Scott Peters, who's an assistant O line coach for the Browns now, worked with Washington back in the day. And I think when you have access to Samoan dudes, um, yeah. it kind of like yeah. it changes the playing field. Oh, a little dude, a hundred percent. You know, it's funny because a lot of the Pac twelve traditional Pac twelve teams get this. Um, you know, they get the the this soft moniker. It's like, right. oh, you play the Pac twelve. It's all spread offense and and soft and whatever. But you bring up a good point. So many O linemen come out of places like Oregon, right. Washington, Washington State. You know, yeah. O and D linemen are constantly coming out of these programs, right. and it's like uh, they're 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 bigger and stronger than you think. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. and I think their line is better than 
Texas line. I yeah. think Texas is a tad soft for me yeah. in terms of the top four. I think they're the softest of the four. Yeah, and I think they have a lot of talent. I think that they're like a they're like a nice, fancy, fashionable team. Mm-hmm. But I just see Washington just outlasting them, and their dudes are just they just I, I just like what Washington does. They just seem to be a little bit, you know, they're Washington. I remember as a kid when they Michigan would always play Washington, the Rose Bowls, mm-hmm. when they had... That's uh, right. Was it Steve Entman? Yeah. Steve Entman, that guy that's was a right. beast. Benji Olsen was their right guard, who was a beast. And that's what I remember Washington was just being physical guys. Yeah. So Yeah. See, I think this game's going to be higher scoring. Right? 100%. Yeah, so, 100%. So, so Texas is, uh, is favored by four, and the over-under 63. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I'm not sure... Uh, Oars can keep up on a big stage with uh, with Washington. They played uh, Alabama at Alabama, and everybody keeps talking about that. That was a different Alabama team. It was, um, but it's still a good perfor- performance yeah. from Michigan. I mean, I think, but their Oklahoma <coughs> game they lost from Texas. Th- 34-30. Yep, right. And I think that's somewhat of the, what you're going to see here. Like mm-hmm. a, 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 this game in the 30s is going to be, you know, can. I think Penix is going to make more good plays and more big plays than Texas, yep. and that's why I think they're going to win by a touchdown. I'm going to say 37-30. That's a good good prediction. So you want to tad over 37-30? Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to hover in, in a similar one. I'm going to go. I'm going to go 34-24. I just think I just think Texas is going to turn it over a few too many times. They're going to hang in there, but they're just going to run out of steam. And I, I don't think their defense is all that good. I don't think so either. I mean, no. I think they're good, but I mean, when you're playing in the Big Twelve. I mean, Oklahoma State's good. Texas Tech's not great. Um, Iowa State doesn't have a big offense. TCU doesn't have a big offense. Kansas State doesn't have a big offense, and they were they were scoring twenty six and thirty. So, hmm. like a forty two thirty five. Yeah, something, like, something that. like that. That would be super entertaining. What I think that a thirty five will be like. It'll probably be like forty two twenty one going into the fourth, and they'll score you know one or two touchdowns towards the end. But it'll right. be. Washington. I'm telling you guys, I think these these two games on that day are going to break records in terms of a t- uh, viewing. And I don't uh, disagree. I mean, they're going to be good games. I think yep. I I would be surprised if we saw what we saw last year when Georgia was up sixty to nothing or what like against TCU. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a little different though. I think that like Georgia was just like like TCU did a great job against Michigan last year with their defense cuz they they kind of had like a cloud upon a cloud. They like whereas Michigan would like they split you they get past that next level and they're gone. Whereas they, they had a next level to their next level. Right. So they can kind of contain those explosive runs, but I think they didn't have the same physicality that Georgia did. Like Georgia had those D linemen who are like, you know, whatever, 66360 running. Yeah. Those guys are, yeah, yeah like, man. Even, those are guys where you're like, yeah, that's, there's rules that apply to everybody else. And then there's whatever, <laughs> there's, whatever you do. The yeah. Yetis, as you said earlier. Yetis, yeah. yeah. It's like the X Men. Like the X Men <laughs> right. play football. You have those guys. <clears throat> so Jerry and I have talked about this a little bit here on the pod that, um, that with the, this is the last year of the Final Four in college football because next year it's going to be a 12 team system, which is, yeah. Pretty interesting. Um, I think 12 is too many for my I think, taste. I think I'll, eight is the perfect number I, for I me. would think so, too. It's going to elongate the whole process, which is great for ratings and revenue and everything else. Like how the fuck are we going to – how many games are these kids going to have to play in a year? Well, if you're if you're one of the um, 9 to 12 seed, I think you're going to have to play – you could get to, what is it, 16? Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's a lot of football for kids that just – up. Uh, a couple years ago, we're maxed out at 11, 12. Mm-hmm. Now it's 12, 13, 14, depending on right. you know, conference games. Yeah. That's too many games. That, that's way too many. Um, but I made the argument earlier that some of these middle ground teams, um, they're having kids go into the portal. 
pros opting out of the bowl games, that gives you an additional eight teams now right. worth of rosters that are going to play the bowl games. Yeah, and I think uh, – I don't mean to cut – go ahead. No, no, go for it. I think FSU deserved to get in this year. Because that's the thing is if you kind of look at them, all the quarterbacks hurt and all this different stuff. But that's the thing. Then it takes away the whole magic of sports where, like, the whole Rudy factor. You know what I mean? Who cares? Mm-hmm. They're down on their luck. You know, nobody gives them a chance. Oh, they happen to eat out and win here. Then all of a sudden, oh, you know, any given Sunday, that whole thing. Right. Where you took that opportunity from people who I earned it. Like, they were not beaten. And that's the one thing where I'm like, dude, you know, if you can get to the whole conspiracy theory of, was it somebody at ESPN's related to somebody at the SEC? And, <laughs> right. You know, and then there's right. lizard overlords connecting and everything, you know. Uh, but I think that FSU deserve to get in. I think that there's going to be some teams like that. They're going to make it interesting and kind of like that's what the best thing about the the, the NFL and those playoffs are too. It's like somebody comes out of nowhere and you're like, Fuck. you know, there's going to be oh, what, I think one of the best table. weekends in the NFL is Wild Card Weekend. 100. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. It's so right. awesome. Yeah, and I heard somebody t- talking about this year. They were like, yeah, but look at all these backup quarterbacks that are potentially going to be in the Wild Card games. I'm like. Even more fuel to the fire. It's yeah. even more unpredictable. I love it, man. Yeah, Tom Brady was a backup quarterback. You know, <laughs> Damn I mean, right. And that's, that's yep. the best thing that I love about seeing that happen is you, you you can, like, you become that old guy who's like, I remember back in the day when I saw so-and-so go down <laughs> and then this guy came in and that's the story of him. That's the best thing about sports is, like, you see the, the story of somebody develop who nobody ever gave a shot yeah. or just kind of was overlooked. And then here's here's why you're wrong, Doug. And I only say that in jest because mm-hmm. I, I would never disrespect a man of your size. It's <laughs> <laughs> <To> my face. <laughs> um, Florida State would have been in it if their quarterback didn't get hurt, right? They, they won. I, I get it, but if they would have played, um, Louisville. No, they would have played Michigan, right? Yeah, Michigan they would have played Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Michigan would have destroyed them. But because back in the day, Michigan Florida State played, and then, then it would have been a good revenge game for me from a kid. When I remember Florida State. <laughs> well, I, I can't believe they didn't factor that in. Right. <laughs> Nobody but, called me. <laughs> but I, I think what I think I, I think that had a lot to do with it. I think TCU last year oh. getting embarrassed in, on national on the national championship game. I I, I think that the people were con- sensitive to that, and they just said, "I don't think Florida State." Look, man, can that keep committee it, keep it had up. the worst job in the world this year for a number of factors. Right. They were one year away from this playoff system, really. I think being because nobody more gives a fuck about the thirteenth team, exactly, and their gripes, exactly, shit, dude. You know, right. this was that means the you're, year, you lost like two games. This was the year to expand that format so that you could allow. You know Eight. the the the, the Perfect you know the backup quarterback from FSU to pull you know pull a rabbit out of his hat. Um, but I'm with you, Jerry. And let's face it, the NCAA is still driven by the money. money. And right now, gambling money is what it's at in sports. Right. And the the rumor I heard was that Vegas had had given them lines if it was going to be Michigan Alabama versus Michigan Florida State. Michigan Alabama game was going to start at like three three and a half, and the Florida State Michigan game was going to start at sixteen. Sixteen, and they're like, "Fuck, we can't do this financially because this is a windfall. We right. can't have right. a game that is so unbelievably skewed, and it's supposed to be our final four. Yeah. They were like, "Oh shit, what do we have to do?" Yeah, so I, I def- think they I mean, backed their way think, into yeah. the justification. Yeah. With, you know, I would love you. to be a fly in the back wall of like all those rooms. Everybody's worried oh. about who shot JFK and aliens. I want to know what's going on with the NCAA. <laughs> right, you know, that and the and the guy who was the face of that, the chairman. Is an ACC guy. I know. That motherfucker can't go home. Oh, no. <laughs> you no, know, I mean, no, no. I can't believe he just, you know, I mean, I bet you Florida State was like, you know, and and a, a lot of it, a side story, is I think Florida State has made it known that they're leaving the ACC. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. And maybe that was easier for him to say, 
go fuck <clears> it. We're, we're going to take Alabama. Yep. You know, yep. there's probably no, that, a lot was, of, that was a big part of it. There's probably politics. Uh, well, probably. Oh, of course, there, there are is. politics. Of course, there is. Um, but I still maintain, I think the, the, the team I that got the, shafted the worst is Georgia. Just yeah, in my football yeah, opinion. Because yeah, I, I, I said, I, I hate when people are like, I do the eye test. I do the eye test. I watch a ton of college football. Georgia's the best team in the country, in my opinion. I think so, yeah. too. Yeah. And, and they're not even playing for it. Right. So I yeah. get it. By the rules, Florida State got completely screwed. Yeah. Completely screwed. They Power five conference, and they went undefeated. Right. How do you not put them in? Right. Georgia literally had a conference championship game that was a coin flip, and they had right. a couple mistakes that day. They have been the best team in the country by a country mile right. for the last three years running. Yeah. And I'm like, how, how – Ah, yeah. but I get it. I get it. Equity you, is not equality. It is not right. Yeah. So uh, while right. it may have been equitable mm-hmm. for Florida State to get in, right, uh, and maybe Georgia, they, yeah. they just weren't the equal. The, the, the I think they got the four best teams situated right now, and I hate I hate it for the the Travis kid. Oh, um, totally. And now the Florida State backup has bailed. Right, he's yep. entered the portal. Is not going to play. So Georgia's going to just going to beat the shit out of Florida oh, State. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's that. All right, so that let, let's style. talk about the 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 yeah. four other games of the New Year Six. So um, Saturday or Friday the 29th, you got Missouri at Ohio State. I can't lie, I know nothing about Missouri. They play in the SEC and then they win some close games. They got um, Tigers as a mascot, right? And they got Tigers. Right. They got Tigers. I I mean I assume I I always assume that Ohio State will just overwhelm them. Dude, um, Ohio State's missing. Actually, it's so funny you just said this. My buddy from Bryce, who's the Ohio State guy, just texted me. It's only a 3.5 game. And said that Ryan Day has confirmed significant absence for the Cotton Bowl, up to 16 players. Wow. Okay. Wow. 11 well, of which are starters. They, so yeah. that's fucking huge, man. I now, mean, again, they're too deep on the offense and defensive line. Should absolutely win the line of scrimmage battle yeah. against a team like Missouri. Yeah. You know, Missouri's a nice story. They've had a nice year. but I mean, it's crazy. What's Missouri's record? Missouri is ten and two. Yeah, um, yeah. It's the fucking Cotton Bowl. I know. Like if West Virginia was in that and somebody opted out, I try to shoot them. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? You're gonna shoot it. We're just the fucking Cotton Bowl. We're playing a New Year's, you know, Big Six game. We're getting five million dollars, and you go fucking sit out because you want to get drafted the seventh round. Go fuck yourself, right? Yeah. But at Ohio State, I guess it's you know you can't you can't do that now. Because right. the minute you take a hard line stance of, against the kids sitting out, you're going to hurt recruiting. Yeah. And you know, no, I didn't look it up. Play. Is Marvin Harrison Jr. going to play or not? I don't. I do not know that. Because that's a big. That's a big factor. Yeah, that's a huge factor. Because if you've got the backup quarterback playing, because McCord's not playing, because he's in the transfer portal. Yeah, he, went, he went to. Uh, he's going to Syracuse. He was to right. Syracuse. I like that guy. Syracuse, though, the guy keep with Georgia, that coach. Oh, me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, he's bringing it. I remember in Syracuse when McNabb was there. You'd play the Carrier Dome. Every fan oh, yeah. looked like a state cop because they all had like a <laughs> mustache. You know what I mean? It's too funny. Was... So Marvin Harrison has not formally announced, according to these headlines, but he has not been practicing. Which okay, is so much. So he's not. He's so not he's not going to play. All right, great. Well, hey, when we recorded last week, we still didn't know about Talia for Maryland, but uh, he is out. He's not going to play. Um, what position is he? He's, he's a, quarterback a quarterback in Maryland. It's to his oh, little t- brother. T- 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 yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's obviously, I mean, Maryland's a different team without him. Yeah. So and that's hard. I think it's hard to put on a lot of kids too, because it's one of those things where as a fan, you want to see everybody play mm-hmm. and it's a big game, but at the same time with these kids, this is like a, it's a business, it's a pivotal moment in your life. It is. And that's the thing with sports is everybody wants loyalty and all these different things. But I mean, Texas a and quarterback loyal. first play or first couple plays broke his arm. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that shit happens. It's a physical the game. Backup Texas quarterback. 
transfer? I think the backup in the backup Manning. No, but there's another dude who was the there, backup. You're right. Yeah. You're transfer. Hundred percent right. So I'm thinking I'm gonna go on a limb. The starting Ewers gets hurt, concussion, no concussion, nothing permanent. Manning comes in and wins. Yeah. There we go. Oh, I like the storybook See, ending. That's great. It's, it's that's like, great. Uh, Doug, that, that's what you're saying. So when the Eagles play the Cowboys, I call it a hamstring game. I just say everybody get pulled hamstrings, high ankle sprains. You know, just I don't want anybody to get seriously injured, but I don't want any to perform well because I hate both franchises equally, except when you were there. I didn't boo you or throw anything I from the club it. level. I can sense your love, Jerry. <laughs> all, all of the people in Philadelphia who threw more stuff at their own team than uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so, when you were in Philly, were you at the old vet? Or, yeah. Yeah? Okay. So my last year, the vet, the last game we played was when we lost to Tampa, I think it was the NFC Championship game, and they brought out riot cops, like the cops from Elf, remember I mean, Like when they had the big horses. So they ringed the field. I remember thinking, kind of worried, like, are we going to get out of here? Because the fans were losing their mind. Yeah. And they're like, this is good. We, we lost. Dude, what a crazy moment. It was awesome. They, they, Dude, they, that's they, so they didn't wild. handle that loss very well. They weren't like, hey, good job, guys. But we'll it was like the same between winning and losing. Like, we would win a game and they'd throw beers on us for not covering the spread. <laughs> you know? But it was awesome. But that's the thing. is like, I love playing there because they're savage animals. But they're your savage animals. <laughs> right. Like, that's right. You know, it's like, if you ever watched It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, <laughs> the one where the Eagles won the Super Bowl, that's, it's, that's I mean, it's pretty Pretty much it, you know. What I mean, they nail Philly to a T, right? And my my wife, who's from here, was not a football fan growing up. We go to we, we lived in Philly for a while. She is now a rabid Eagles fan. Huh. Like I can't talk when the Eagles are on. Like it's just not fun to watch. So I'll just leave the room, you know, because it's not. It just makes it uncomfortable. <laughs> do you enjoy football? Like, do you I, enjoy watching football? I, I like watch, I like watching the lines. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, I like watching the lines play. But then after a while, I get kind of bored. I don't really like. I can't watch the whole game. Right. You know, and I was always kind of like that. Like, if the Godfather's on or football, I'll watch Godfather. <laughs> right. yeah, gotcha, gotcha. And it depends on the games, but a lot of it's like you can watch the last four minutes, but then I'm getting older, I get tired. I'm like, eh, eh. That, that, that's Jerry with Roadhouse. If it's Roadhouse, if it's Roadhouse, Roadhouse, I'm watching Roadhouse. I'm watching Roadhouse. I don't know how many times I've come in for the pod, and it's like a random weeknight. He's got Roadhouse on. Got Roadhouse. <laughs> so I watch when I when I watch football, I watch the lines too. I watch on defense. I watch the front seven. I couldn't tell you what the safeties are doing unless yeah. they're in the box. Yeah, like if they're back, I'm right. like, oh, we got right. somebody back there, right? right? I mean, I don't even know how to watch it. But when like Plez or somebody watches something, they watch it from the back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, sure. They wouldn't have any idea what a three and a one technique is. Plus, right. like you know, they don't know. It's just it's weird how you watch a game. Yeah, like I that. wish you could watch every football game from the end zone. You know what I mean? It's like you can watch because that's the best way to watch it. Right. You know, and it's uh. Yeah, especially with with the lines, it's always stuff that like I always love watching, especially in the pros, the short snap and the long snap, because those things I like seeing those things done nicely. Mm. You know what I mean, it's just you know, I don't. Yeah, know. I mean, you have a different appreciation for it because it's yeah. hard. It's like crazy when you see those guys who know how they hold the ball, how many rotations it's going to be, and the lace is going to be a quarter inch to your left this time versus this. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, that's wild, man. All right, local fair. Uh, well, what do you think the final score of the Georgia Florida State? I think it's going to be a blowout. Uh, Georgia Florida State. I'm going to go. Uh, the line is currently thirteen and a half. Oh, it's they're going to cover easily. Um, I'm going to go forty-five seventeen. Yeah, I, I think yeah. it's going to be that ugly. I really yeah, it's do. It's going to be a decimation. And then guys like Meredith like, see, see, Doug, I told you. <clears throat> so only, real quick, so now, that, right. uh, so now that Talia is not in for Maryland, what are you thinking for Maryland-Auburn? Well, Auburn, Auburn can't score, but I think they'll score enough. I think so, too. To beat Maryland. Um, Maryland, 
Other than Talia, who else is sitting out? Talia and, well, Parham, because he's transferred to Michigan. Yeah. God, that's, I mean, I that's, that, he's, he's a linebacker. A, he's from St. Francis. Okay. He's, he's a, a dog. He's, he's a, a dog. Okay. Yeah. I t- my theory on that one was, and he was a five-star guy that stayed local, and everybody's like, how did Loxley get him? And then he transferred this year after a second year. And I told Jerry, my theory on this is Loxley actually is one of the better voices of reason with the transfer portal. Because he's like, you can build a roster in the portal. Right. And you can lose a roster. He's like, you, you can't have it both ways. You right. can't kick and scream when guys right. go because there's plenty of guys out there. Right. So he actually has a pretty good so eye So you for think that. he had a deal? I, I, I do. I think he basically told him, he's like, look, because it was Texas, Bama, and Maryland were his final three. And he just looked at him. He looked at the, the depth charts, and he, he just said, you're not going to play there your first year. He goes, you will get 11, 12 games here your first year. I'll guarantee you a second year. And then after that, you do what you want. Yeah, I I, I, I'm pretty sure he did yeah, that. that because yeah, is he bummed? He's going, of course. You don't want to lose. I mean, right. he's an all, all Big Ten linebacker for God's sake at Maryland. I mean, and he's they, going to your, your and now he's going to your rival. You know, yeah. but Loxley didn't seem that up in arms about it. Like he saw it coming, yeah. kind of like yeah. yeah you I, know? I don't think it was a big surprise. No, I don't think so. But so, you know, the average you know message board fans are like, oh my god. I'm like, hey, just shut up. So, I know? love that stuff. I love it. I love <laughs> Auburn. I love it. Auburn appears to be. His Appears to be a six and a half favorite, um, and the over under is forty seven. It's low. Yeah, I know because I just don't, I don't think that. So you thinking like a nineteen sixteen nineteen? I'm thinking like a twenty. I'm thinking like a twenty four twenty Auburn win. Gotcha. I think it'll be a, a a you know a good game, a good competitive game. I mean, Auburn can't I, score. I think Maryland will acquit themselves just fine. I, I really do. I think they're going to hang in there with them. I just think Auburn. They're an SEC team and they're more talented. In my opinion, you know. Can you, now that we're talking about Auburn, Doug, did you see the end of that fucking Alabama game? Yeah, that was insane. Where? Yeah, I mean, they we're talking about two guys, right? And <laughs> Tony Kornheiser was about ready to have a fucking stroke. When I was talking about. <laughs> they rushed the third guy, but he was a spy, and he was—he's like the the defensive right. nose guard. He's like, "Why are you spying? You want him to run, right?" You got to get him off field so you can. I you know. want him to run. He's not going to run thirty yards when you get. I remember when I was in Philly, like Coy Detmer, who's a backup quarterback. We played some teams. He'd play like a prevent defense. We had Jim Johnson, who was our defensive coordinator, who was a beast. Right. And Coy was like pressure first. He's like, if you give the guy time, someone will always get open. Mm-hmm. If you just give him all day to sit back there and look, somebody will always get open. Yeah, there's yeah. always like, going to be a pressure gap. the guy to make a bad decision. Yeah, you know, absolutely, man. You let a wide receiver have more than four or five seconds right. after that initial route to just right. play playground football. He's going to get open. Right. And you all know, it takes is the guy <laughs> stepping the wrong way and turning around the ball. Exactly right. Yep. Well, I feel so bad for those DBs. You know. It's oh, tough. it's you. Although they have six packs and they can get chicks easy. So I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel that bad. Boy. No, yeah, no. really. They can all get right. they can get out of bed just on using core strength. Where I got to <laughs> kick my leg up to get out of bed. All right, so you went. You're going twenty four twenty Auburn. Right, I'm what, are you, go. what are you going to do? I, I, I'm, I'm saying nineteen thirteen Auburn. I think it's going to be kind of an ugly field goal battle. You what's know? what's your breakdown of this <clears> Billy? Billy Edwards? Billy Edwards. I mean, he's been there for a while, right? Yeah. Hey, look, he was he was at Wake a couple years ago, and he was battling it out, and they had that stud emerge at Wake. You know, Hartman. I say stud, but, you know, he's... he's the guy that went to Notre Dame. That's correct. Right. You know, so he saw the writing very on the handsome. wall. He's very handsome. <laughs> yes, he is. I don't, Dreamy. Feel, I don't feel bad um, for that guy. So, uh, so he came to Maryland, and when he came, Talia had not come yet, but he came, and he decided to stay because he was like... You know what? I, okay. you know, I'm just going to ride it out. But he's a big guy. He's like six three, like two twenty. Uh, runs downhill. He'll he'll 
He'll run as easily as he throws. He actually, in my opinion, probably has a better arm than Talia. He's got a rocket of an arm, but he just doesn't have the reps. And, and he doesn't have the explosiveness. No. But honestly, I think if you run a little bit of that like read option with him, that could be tough for Auburn to, to to cover, man. You know, Maryland's offensive line is good this year, dude. You know, those guys can get yeah. after it, and they love run blocking. So they got Hemby in the backfield. You have Littleton. If I'm Maryland, I'm way less concerned about getting the ball to my playmakers, and I'm more more concerned about controlling the line of scrimmage and and taking Auburn, you know, at taking that Auburn D that's used to that SEC, you know, grind and giving them a little bit a taste of that because I don't think they're expecting that. Right. Well, I mean, the, you know, the one thing about that is if you try to punch a guy in the face who's used to getting punched in the face, it's probably not going to be as dramatic. Sure. Um, That's and, why I, I really think the RPO stuff is going to be in Maryland's best interest to get it going horizontally on the yeah, line. Yeah, I just I, – I, I'm thinking that Maryland's going to have to create some turnovers. Yes. Um, you know, because if you go toe-to-toe with these guys, they just – I think they just recruit better. I, right? I'm with you. Um, and – I don't trust that Billy Edwards guy. I mean, he might be good. For oh, no, I think he's a fine guy. I, right. I like him. I'm glad he's getting an opportunity to play as a fan and everything else. But talent-wise, I mean, it's a huge drop-off. Sure. I mean, of course you know, it is. That, that's just reality. I mean, Jeremy's rolling over right <laughs> now. When, when, when Leah opted out, I know Jeremy just had a, had a little bit Give of a tear. finger. A little bit of a tear because that was his guy. <laughs> that's right. That was his guy. That's right. All right, cool, man. Is anything else for the week? Dougie? I think 35-14 Auburn. Oh, oh, Doug's yeah. never allowed back <laughs> for disrespecting Maryland. So I'm lucky my wife's not here because like we have a bunch of friends who are Maryland fans, and obviously everybody here is from Maryland. Uh, and it's like I just remember like watching Maryland play, and, and when we were at BC, and like, when Turgeon was there, they could break a huddle. Like, awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was like <laughs> – it was just like it's like Boston College. Like I have no real love for BC. They're, they're going to destroy by SMU, mm-hmm. um, and it's like yeah. they they beat SMU today. Did they, play? they played today and they won. No way. So yeah. fuck so you're the you're the worst <laughs> fucking alumni I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, they won 23-14. So my defense in this like a I have a job. No, my my what was my story is so when I got inducted in their in their Hall of Fame, they had when I was drafted wrong on the thing. The no way pick on the plaque and the funny thing is the guy who was my agent i still really like still friends and talk and he got, he was pissed because he went to the 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 ad at the time he's like i don't represent fourth round guys it's like you're making me bad i don't i don't care about you <laughs> that's you're so me great that's there's so other recruits and people who will see this and this for me. god i bet you that ad <laughs> felt like shit oh he probably found a big so. you don't yeah. think you don't think so he's probably like whatever dog no. No. Whatever, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I would like them to do well. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because I think, like, sure. the thing about like Boston, like if you're winning, Boston's a good place. And I liked, I liked the players at BC. It was just a time like I was recruited by Coughlin, had Henning, who was, who had gotten fired by the Lions, and I was in Detroit. And it was just a whole bunch of, whole bunch of turnover. But gotcha. Anyway, but, but with the Maryland stuff, my wife doesn't let me talk about Maryland. Like I can't talk about Maryland or traffic or the DMV and polite company because like being. In the, Jaded guy from like Michigan and Boston, like coming from right. here. You know, I'm like, well, you watch Maryland, like the, the Maryland fans, I love it. It's like watching Redskins fans. Like, this is our year. Well, what's going to happen? You're going to win the first two games. People will be excited. Go through a little drought in the middle, mm-hmm. end up eight and eight, seven and nine. Next year's our year. But at the end, they're going to win two games. And they're like, next year's the year. That's right. That's like when, like, when I have a good friend of mine who like they go to all the Maryland games, they tailgate. And I'm like, 
This is called futility. Like you're all excited. I, t- I can tell you what's going to happen right now, which is why I don't watch. The <laughs> which, is, which is why your wife doesn't let you talk. So here's a funny story about Dougie, big, tough NFL guy. We're riding up to Penn State. Me, him, and Brett are the other offensive line coach. It was West Virginia. Yeah, I go to Penn State. Yeah. Uh, no, was, no, we were riding to Cleveland. Oh, that's right. We were riding to Cleveland for the first game, and Doug is. Turns all this him and Brett listen to some terrible music. No, he's listening. He's listening to Guar. Best band ever made. Guar. Guar. Yeah. Guar. Yeah. Huge Redskins fans. I could do a whole podcast. I have Guar. never known somebody who listened to Guar. I've just known people who make fun of their videos. That's the only reason I know. I've never listened to a Guar song in my life, and that after, doesn't surprise me. And after that ride, mm-hmm. you may never again. I will never again. Depends. You got Dave Brocky, best frontman ever. And the good good war story, like when uh, so when I finished when I was in Philadelphia, me and the assistant training coach are huge war fans. Like he loves Alice Cooper with war and all and stuff. And so they finished their tour in Philly, and we pimped ourselves out shameless name dropping called Metal Blade Records. Dropped Eagles, Eagles, Eagles. Like just please God, get in touch with them. And they got in touch with them. They came came to the game. Got him sideline passes, and we hung out with him afterwards. And now, like, I talk to the guys every once in a while. No That's shit. Cool okay, shit. well, I didn't know that yeah. part. Oh, uh, see, but, if you get if you're connected, Jerry's all his ears yeah, perk up yeah. every time. But they're from Richmond, <laughs> huge. Like, they're all art school guys. And the other part of it too is like when I was 11 years old, and all my friends were trying to find music. I was 11 or 12. I found their tape from Hello from Shimmy Disc Records. Hello, and I was like, I like to play with little monster like monster guys like Warhammer 40,000 building paint monsters. I was like, these guys look exactly what. And when they sing their song, I'm like, yeah, this is, what, this is how I think. And so, uh, <laughs> it was, uh, That's awesome. It was one of those things where I'm like, yeah, this is, uh, this is my speed. Yeah. So, I mean, I couldn't believe it. I was like, you know, holy shit, I'm in hell. I'm in the backseat. <laughs> and then he'd put on Guar, and then Valenta would put on some terrible. Well, what was the one he likes? It's not Creed. It's, it's Five Finger Death Punch or not, something like it's that. It's even worse. It's, um, <laughs> geez, what is the band that. It's not like Nickelback, is it? No, it's, but it's like it's like the one. Uh, it's not Disturbed. It's like that that era. I that, thought it was Disturbed. It disturbed was one of them. It's gonna drive me crazy. Not Creed. Not Disturbed. But I was like, yeah, Godsmack. But, Godsmack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> he hates Godsmack. See, I love. I like. I like oh. me some Godsmack. Oh, just yeah. That's like, well, part of it too is like. I, whatever Brett likes, I instantly instantly <laughs> don't like, right? right. Fair and, enough. Because he's the yeah. guy who was like, everybody's against him. Like yeah, because it's fu- kind of funny to get him all riled yeah, up. Like, Brett, <laughs> the whole world, I guess, like, someone so screwed me over. I'm like, well, the whole world can't be against you if he's not against you. The whole world is against you. <laughs> so anything that he likes, I instantly take a contrary. That's so him. great. And again, keep This is mind. what friends are for, man. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. What's That's the right. point of having friends if you can't take advantage <laughs> right. of you, You've got to keep it. each other in check, man. Sure. you got to figure out what pisses everybody off. Yeah. And I always, I always like would take my own, like I said, my own thoughts and viewpoints are not based in fact in any way, shape, or form. My favorite band is Guar. <laughs> I love Rick and Morty. I'm a 47 year old man with two kids. The only difference between me and them is I can drive. You know, it's really, <laughs> <laughs> it's so, boom! I love it. I love it. All right, guys, well, come back talk. and join us. Yeah, sometime. man, please, please. Yeah, anytime, man. Um, Let's anytime go Terps, baby. I, w- I want you to have happiness. I want hey. you to have happiness. We'll see, man. I mean, you have happiness anyway. My mom used to say, who's your friend, the most optimistic guy ever? I was like, that's Todd. It's kind of annoying. <laughs> it's kind, kind of, of annoying how he's always so optimistic. <laughs> Fuck it, man. Why not? All right. All right, guys. Wings, beers, and tears. Peace. Later. Later.